Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Thursday, June 14th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. If you didn't check my Twitter, then you don't know why I've been on hiatus for the last few days. I was actually on my way home on Monday on my bike to record this podcast, and I got clipped by a car that then drove away. And uh, I didn't go to the hospital. I didn't have to, but I definitely was sore for a few days. I had to uh, work from home. I didn't go to the parade, uh, though I wasn't planning on it anyway. And I do want to get into a little bit of that, watching from home, talking about the parade, a little bit about why I didn't end up going. But yeah, got clipped by a car, hit and run, really, really shitty. Luckily, just a few scrapes and bruises, a little bit of soreness, some neck soreness, really crappy. But nothing to write home about. I'm fine. I'm back. And the Warriors are champions. Again. I have to admit it's pretty damn cool. I wrote a little something, a little something personal that I want to share in the second segment. It's a little late to be talking about Game 4, but I do want to talk about the debate, the 7-4 vote for Finals MVP in favor of Kevin Durant over Stephen Curry. Definitely want to spend some time on that in this first segment. And then in the third segment, we're going to go down the Reddit hole to see if we can find some nuggets from the parade, some nuggets from these last few days. I've picked up a couple of shirts already from Oaklandish celebrating the Warriors' latest championship. If you don't know about Oaklandish, and I don't know how you can't, they make fly duds and rep the town. It's a beautiful thing. Definitely check out their flagship store on Broadway in downtown Oakland. I'm sure they got a ton of business on parade day. The patios at my office were strewn with white, blue, and yellow confetti. When I got there on Wednesday morning, it was pretty cool. Just those little reminders, you know, those little reminders that the team that you love, the team that you support is a champion, is the best team. And when you win a championship, it's not even arrogance. Like, you are the best team. As it's constituted with injuries, all that stuff. And I'm going to get into that in the second segment as well. My piece goes into my thoughts about Chris Paul not being available in the last few games of the Western Conference Finals. Andre not being available. But as of right now, none of that matters. I just really want to bask in the glory of this with everyone listening And to just talk about how thankful we all should be, how thankful I am that this team, this Warriors juggernaut, is the Bays team. And it's the same, you know, for Pats fans, for Lakers fans, Steelers fans, you know, but, you know, we're talking about more recent wins. Maybe the Giants, both the football Giants and the baseball Giants, of course, though I guess it's been six years since the Giants won the Super Bowl. Of course, Bulls fans, if we're going that far back, they'll always have Michael Jordan. That's where the Warriors are right now. The Warriors are in that rarefied air. They have six championships. They're tied with the Bulls for the third most championships ahead of the San Antonio Spurs with five. And only now behind the Lakers and the Celtics with 16 and 17 respectively. A long way to go, and of course, Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant aren't going to get there, but it's a start. We're one of the premier franchises ever in this league. And join the Raiders and the A's as teams that have brought multiple championships to Oakland. 
not only that, but establishing themselves in the Bay Area as a premier team as well. The Warriors were always in the back seat, in the rearview mirror, as you know, the Raiders did their thing in the 70s. Of course, the Warriors won in 1975, but a long period of up and down basketball throughout the 80s and 90s. And during that time, you've got Joe Montana, you've got Steve Young, you've got Jerry Rice. They're winning championships. It's amazing. You got the 70s A's, you got the 1980s A's, late 80s, that went to three straight World Series, managing to win one, 1989, the year I was born. And then, of course, you've got the Giants, who were a legacy team even before they won three championships in 10, 12, and 14. Now the Warriors are there. And Stephen Curry is right up there with the most beloved sports figures in Bay Area history. The Hamptons Five, all five of them, will be remembered in Bay Area lore forever. Steve Kerr is John Madden or Bill Walsh or Tony La Russa for a new generation. But I could go on about this forever. I do want to say you can get this podcast on iTunes, iOS, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as LockedOnWarriors.com. You can get in contact with me via Twitter, Locked on Dubs or Kogitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. I tweet from both accounts. You can find my written media on Forbes.com. I've also written for BleacherReport.com. I've been featured as a credentialed reporter at Warriors Games and Practices. Check out my LinkedIn, A-L-I-K-O Carter, for all my credentials. In the second half of this first segment, I want to talk about LeBron James because, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know where he's going to go. I don't particularly want to speculate on this show about where he will end up because honestly, nobody knows but him and his family, his circle, his closest friends. He probably doesn't know yet. And he's talking to a bunch of teams, talking to a bunch of people. But I want to talk about him just as a force, as a basketball force. Uh, You know, I know they got swept, though that first game was a nail biter and a strange one. Throughout these playoffs, LeBron proved that he really is the best player in the league. You know, you call him the best. People call him the best. He's number one. Uh, That's because he does what he did in these playoffs. That's because he puts the team on his back. He wins game sevens at home. He wins game sevens on the road. Uh, He sweeps teams. This is like, I believe, the eighth year in a row, ninth maybe, year in a row that he has swept a team out of the playoffs. That being the Raptors, who then fired their coach, who is now the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. Good for Dwayne Casey getting back in the hunt. And it meant Mike Brown gets to be retained by the Warriors. No more coaching vacancies to be had. And that's big. He's really big in the locker room. He obviously has experience against LeBron. He has experience as a head coach in multiple areas. He has experience in failing, which I think lends credibility. I mean, honestly, you know, his time with the Lakers was checkered at best. Uh, He did not have an enjoyable time working there. And the lesson here is you can always bounce back. So the brain trust is complete. Ron Adams will be returning. He's 70 years old. One has to wonder how long he will continue to coach basketball, but obviously when you keep winning championships, it's hard to say no to the prospect of winning another one. Real quick before we cut to break, I want to say that Locked On NBA Network is doing a fantastic mock draft. My pick is in. Make sure you tune in to Locked On NBA 
and get all set for the madness that is the NBA draft. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. I want to share a little bit of writing I did, mostly for myself, but I shared it out on Facebook, and I want to share it with my listeners. It's just kind of like my experience of having this this team just kind of like, I don't know, consume my life for for ever, but uh, certainly lately. And uh, so here we go. For a whole slew of reasons, I didn't go to the parade this year. Mostly, the prospect of standing for five hours in a crowd of hundreds of thousands just didn't seem like an enjoyable morning. I'm getting old, it seems. I also got clipped by a car biking home on Monday evening. So sore. And I had to work my day job, so I watched all the festivities from the comfort of my bedroom. When I got to my office yesterday morning, there was blue and yellow confetti, confetti all over our terraces. Very cool, but I'm pleased at my decision not to attend. Being a fan of the Warriors and absorbing all the championship fever has been a less cathartic experience than the first time around in 2015. I was three years younger and had three more years of youth to expend on such an endeavor. I had been waiting my whole life for something like that to happen to Oakland for the Warriors, Raiders, or A's to win a championship. Not to say that watching the Warriors carry Larry through the streets is old hat. It's an exhilarating experience. That 2015 title and the Super Steph year that followed will probably never be eclipsed for me. But do I want more titles? Of course. Spurs fans want more too. I may dislike the Pats, but I respect that their fans are hungry for more winning. Fans are fans. Fans of winning teams can love their team as strongly as fans of bottom feeders. I should know. I've been both. Basketball is my first love. I loved to play when I was a kid, and I still do. I became a Warriors fan shortly after the choke, right around the time the franchise redesigned their uniforms and introduced the mascot, Thunder. The man who was Thunder, Siddiqui Fuller, recently passed away. He came to my school when I was in fifth or sixth grade and dunked over my principal. I thought it was the coolest thing. He also had some fantastic life lessons to impart to us young folk. I hope he found peace in his life and that it carries over for him into the next plane. From childhood, I watched Anton Jameson and Jason Richardson put up crazy numbers on losing teams. Before there were the Splash Brothers, it was Jay Rich who was swishing threes, making exactly 700 of them during his time with Golden State. Both Clay and Steph have since destroyed that number, but Jay Rich was and always will be a warrior for life. And as short-lived as Baron Davis's time with GSW was, he infused my high school and early college years with hope and excitement. Monte's surge into relevance followed Davis's departure in 2008, and there were some more bad, bad years. The Warriors were still so fun to watch. As recently as 2012, I went to a game with my best friend and sat in the lower bowl for $17. There's something in the losing, it seems. Stephen Curry changed everything, though. The best thing the Warriors brass did under horrible former owner Chris Cohen was to draft Stephen Curry, number seven overall in 2009. His gifts were palpable before he ever won an MVP, before he was recognized at his first All-Star game, even before he signed his bargain bin four-year, $44 million contract in 2012. We all know what he's capable of now and how defenses warp around his presence. That's part of the reason the base stands with Steph. 
There are very few people around here I've talked to who think Steph didn't deserve finals MVP. There's an understanding that the way Curry plays and forces defenses to adapt opens up the floor for everyone, not least of which Kevin Durant. The Warriors' system is Curry. The Warriors' identity is Curry. The Warriors are Curry's team. Maybe I would have had a more enjoyable time after Friday night if I'd had a finals MVP vote. I heard it was 7-4 in favor of Durant, who notched a triple-double in the deciding game. Well-deserved for Durant. I won't knock him for playing next to Steph, but I think there's a lack of a deeper understanding of the ins and outs of basketball at the highest level that has done Curry a disservice, his two MVP awards notwithstanding. Durant was arguably bad for much of the Houston series, still getting his, but not efficiently. And he missed plenty of defensive assignments while Curry was busy holding his own as Harden and LeBron hunted for him. One could make the argument that Houston and Cleveland targeting Steph pulled them out of their flow and helped the Warriors win. That's added value. Curry probably cares a little bit, but I think Dub Nation cares more. Next year, we say. Next year, Curry will get the recognition he's due. Maybe he'll never win a finals MVP. The Warriors have to make it back first. And even with the greatest assemblage of talent the NBA has ever seen, it's still not a guarantee. The Rocks did take the dubs to seven games after all. We know James Harden is going to hold up the NBA MVP award this year. But much like Steph, we know who the real MVP is. People, it's LeBron. It's always LeBron. It was LeBron when Kobe won in 2008. It was LeBron when Rose won in 2011. It was probably LeBron when KD won in 14 and Steph won in 15. Is he the greatest ever? It's starting to look that way. One thing I know for sure is if you replace LeBron with KD, Paul George, or another comparable player, the Cavs team maybe, maybe makes the second round of the playoffs. What happens if you replace him with prime MJ? Ask yourself. Would MJ have carried the Cavs to the finals on his back? The truth is that MJ's Bulls were much closer talent-wise to the Warriors than the Cavs. And then there's the Rockets, the team that was built to beat the Dubs. I'll be honest, I dislike watching Houston play basketball. Pound, 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 step back three. Pound, 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 drive and kick for three. Pound, 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 Harden Capella pick and roll. Pound, pound, pound target Curry, and back him down. The moments when their offense was most effective was when it was the most dynamic. It's basic. The ball can swing around the horn faster than players can move their feet. Passing the ball a lot leads to open shots. But of course, that's not Harden's strength. Much like the Warriors and Curry, Harden's game has become the identity of the Rockets. And that's fine. They're very, very good at basketball. But that doesn't mean I have to enjoy watching them. And what if the Warriors pick up Trevor Ariza? Can somebody say coup? The Warriors, conversely, played Jogo Benito, the beautiful game. The Western Finals really were a convergence of competing basketball ideals. The Rockets certainly have an argument that CP3 could have helped them win Game 6 and 7, but with everything Andre does for the Warriors, do we really think they didn't miss him too? Injuries are a part of the game. You play who you have and you do the best you can. I can't recall LeBron complaining that he didn't have Kyrie in love in 2015. He just put the team on his back and won two games against the 67-win Warriors, almost single-handedly. I'm not a LeBron stan. I just know greatness when I see it. 
I don't see greatness in the Rockets. I do hope they prove me wrong, just not at the expense of the Warriors. Speaking of my chosen basketball team, I'm so happy for them. They did it for the town, the city, the bay. But more than that, they did it for themselves. This year's campaign was a slog in so many ways. 75% effort for most of the roster for most of the season. So many injuries. Steph, KD, Draymond, West, Clay, McCaw, Steph again, Andre. Through it all, the just us mentality shone through. They may be more talented than any other team, but they also showed that they can be beaten. They posted not one, but two home losses against the Sacramento Kings this season. But when the playoffs came, everyone turned it on. 75% became 110. And those third quarters, Jogo Benito at its awe-inspiring apex. When the Warriors are at their best, they suffocate teams on the defensive end and bludgeon them offensively. And for the most part, they did that throughout the playoffs. They were tested, of course, but the association still belongs to them. And that's pretty cool for me. All in all, it was a great year, filled with some fantastic basketball and some not-so-great basketball. But I'm tired. I'm glad it's over. And I can't wait for October. So we're going down the Reddit hole, just a short trip down the Reddit hole today. Redditor Insatiable Evil is wondering where one can buy the Draymond Three Rings Arthur shirt, the Mood shirt. What a great shirt. I'm not sure, like, I really enjoyed uh, the Curry's shorts, uh, especially Steph's shorts, the Warriors Thunder era does that he was wearing. Of course, Aisha was in the Davidson one, looking fly as usual, and Dell was rocking his number 30 from his Charlotte days. What a family. But yeah, Draymond shirt, really, really awesome. The lack of shirts, also appreciated. Jordan Bell, I'm looking at you. Ha! And then, of course, Nick Young, who had the time of his life out there. And, you know, it was just so nice just watching all of them spraying champagne, having a good time. But I think Steph won. You know, I'm, I mean, he's just so gregarious out there, so happy, so cherubic. But let's move on. Redditor Square Turtles met Jordan Bell yesterday. Got him to sign two bottles of Henny. That's awesome. Bell, actually, he took photos of them. Bell signed them, both of them. You know, you can never drink those bottles. Those bottles will never be opened. They might be worth some money one day. Redditor Southwick75334. From 95.7 The Game, Steve Kerr talked with Damon Bruce about his contract situation. He said, I'm going to coach here for a long time, and we'll get something done pretty quickly. There won't be much fanfare, and we're just going to move on. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. We hope you're here for a long time, too. As far as players the Warriors are working out ahead of the draft, we've got from Jonathan Wasserman, Redditor Robot Soar, heard that Cincinnati guard forward Jacob Evans had a strong workout in Golden State yesterday, could be a target. Then there's also Mark Medina from the Merck. I'm told forward center Ty Odiase from UIC and forward Nuni Omat from Baylor are among the prospects that plan to work out for the Warriors tomorrow. That's from Robotsor. Thanks, Robotsor. Redditor Hamburglar relays a tweet from Anthony Slater at The Athletic. The Warriors are holding a pre-draft workout tomorrow. In addition to Odiase and Omat, there are 
a lot of other participants, including LiAngelo Ball. How about that? Duncan Robinson, 6'8 forward out of Michigan, is on that list, as are Daxter Miles, 6'3 guard from WVU, and Nana Fuland, 6'9 forward from Bucknell. Gosh, these guys. LiAngelo Ball was born in 1998. Yeesh. I mean, just like, wow. And the last thing I want to talk about, Redditor Marcy Lynette asks, do we really think KD was that bothered by the comment during the parade pre-ceremony? And if you didn't hear about that, Bob Myers basically said, they were talking about Kevin Durant's contract, and Bob Myers basically said, yeah, Steph earned it. He's been here for the long haul. It was pretty funny. Uh, you know, and I, I, I don't think KD was bothered that much by it. And let's be honest. They got Steph for four years and $44 million, and he won two MVPs. So, you know, I don't really think anybody has that much to talk about. I don't think that KD was particularly bothered by it. And, you know, Steph paid his dues, and KD did too, and he made $25 million this year. So, you know, uh, much ado about nothing, as Redditor Marcy Lynette says. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Warriors podcast. Tomorrow's podcast coming earlier. And in the future, I hope to get this pod out in the morning. After the draft and summer league, we'll probably be going to three days a week. And I will keep you posted on when that is, but probably not for another month or so. So plenty of basketball to talk about, plenty of decisions to be made by the Warriors, and a lot going on in the summertime. I'll keep you apprised of all of it to the best of my ability. Thanks for listening, and stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads.